All right, Jason, did you hear? I did. Bill O'Brien's gone. Bill O'Brien is gone. Cue the music. Bill O'Brien's gone. The Astros are one game away from their fourth straight ALCS. Houston sports are looking up. Kyle beats Kerrville Tyvee. We'll have all this and more right here on the Ride On Sports Podcast. This is the Ride On Sports Podcast with Jason Cassera and Gabe Myers, your best source for local sports talk. The Ride On crew will be highlighting all your favorite local teams and everything else the world of sports has to offer from right here in the Coastal Bend. All right, we are here. We are back in person this week. No Zoom meetings. And Jason, we had to be in person for this episode. Yeah, if you guys didn't catch the Instagram live yesterday, I feel bad for you, son. Because we had a lot to talk about. Yeah, I I didn't look at the road yesterday as I was doing (laughs) that. I was so excited. We were so excited. And, you know, I'll say this up front. I don't like celebrating another man's failure. (laughs) But when that man is Bill O'Brien... And apparently, we weren't celebrating his failure. We were celebrating the fact that he's gone because of his failure. If he had success, we wouldn't be celebrating him losing his job. We'd be sad. We would be sad. If we were Patriots fans and Bill Belichick got fired, we would be sad. This is not that scenario. AFC South Division champs, Brian. Yeah. (laughs) That's a reference to Brian Smith, who's a reporter. Yeah. And Bill O'Brien would always give him a hard time, and Brian Smith would ask him hard questions. But apparently Bill O'Brien was a bigger a-hole than I think a lot of people realize because now you're actually having people come out and they're like, hey, listen, this guy was a jerk. No, and you had sent me a tweet yesterday from Aaron Wilson. I I pulled it up right now to make sure I had the right name. Um, He said when O'Brien fired people, it would be a lot of F-bombs. He'd be yelling and screaming at guys, which is a horrible way to (laughs) send people, you know, because you're losing your job. He was cussing at fans on the way out the field. Yeah. You suck too. Like, yeah, you know, it's like you can laugh at that at the uh, you know from a distance, but if you've ever been involved with someone who's that toxic, especially if they're your boss, that's a horrible situation. It's a bad. It's a bad look for Bill O'Brien. I have a hard time believing he gets another NFL head coaching job. Yeah, I um, think he'll be a coordinator. You know, someone well, will pick him up. As I, a coordinator. I mentioned yesterday on the live on our Instagram live. I thought he'd go back to college. Yeah, because he can mistreat people. <laughs> They're doing yeah. He can get away with it a little bit easier. Oh, but maybe, man. and that's and that's that's okay, you know. And, and you know, after watching Hard Knocks a few years ago, I actually felt bad for his son Jack, who's special needs. And I was just like, man, that's. I hope that everything it's a smooth transition for the O'Brien family. Right. But you know, if if he didn't want to put his son through anything difficult, he should have coached better. It's about damn time he's gone. He's the general manager. He made all these terrible moves. And I think it's what he got fired for, really. Yeah, and it's a happy day for the Houston sports fan. It really is. I got my swinging and banging shirt on. Yeah, I got my Bregman shirt on. Shout out, Alex Bregman. Four straight years. Home run on my birthday. It might have been my birthday weekend. How cool Um, was that? Man, so I was at the first three games. Um, I don't happen. Was that? Yeah, when it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there when it happened previously. Uh, this year I was not, but Astros got the win. They got the win yesterday Who as well. Who owns Dodger Stadium? I, is it still called Dodger Stadium? I think it's called Springer Stadium. I now. think it okay, is Springer okay, Stadium. Drive. So you know what's crazy? The two all-time leaders in home runs at Dodger Stadium are George Springer and Reggie Jackson, both of whom have never played for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh, it's so quality. That's that's high quality stuff there, and the the river of salty tears. Flowing out of Los Angeles is amazing. Oh, man. I, I hope you can hear the smile I have in my <laughs> voice. I, I've, I haven't been very 
uh, excited when talking about the Texans or the, uh, or, the or the Astros for the last couple of months. So this is a nice change of pace. I'm in a. Gr- I didn't even need coffee this morning, Jason. My favorite coffee shop shut down. I didn't even need coffee to do this today. Well, and I and I feel bad, man, because late in the season I was thinking to myself. I mean, they were under 500, and you're thinking, man, I don't I don't want them to limp into the playoffs and then just get destroyed. But what they've done is they've just shown how seasoned they are. The young arms have stepped up. I oh mean, man, Fromber Valdez yeah. and Christian Javier. Now we got Arquiti well. going today. Well, hopefully he can finish it out. And I, I don't want to get too excited yet because we were talking in our pre-show production meeting that um, the A's could easily reel off three in a row. They are a very very good team. They and are, and they have a very very good bullpen. And they're starting Luzardo today, who we were not able to hit this yeah. year. Um, but he's a rookie, right? He is. He's a young guy. Um, but he's very, he's very, very talented. And the Astros, uh, I think, in the last few seasons, they've struggled with guys they've never seen before. Yeah, I well, think. yeah, and it's common. I think that's why the young arms are having success in the postseason. Boy, because, but I wish they'd put Mike Fires out there. Oh man, me and you both. The A's are afraid to put Mike Fires. No, out I there. don't think the A's are afraid. I think Mike Fires doesn't want <laughs> to go out there. They've used, they've used like pitchers. They were calling guys outside of Dodger Stadium, like of Chavez Ravine. They were like, "Hey, <laughs> can you come and throw for us?" Because I mean, they've used everyone. Besides the guy throwing the day, but I think they've used everyone in their pin and through in two games. Yeah, well, because they had to, they they did not expect Chris Bassett to get lit up in game one, so they pulled him pretty early. Who was starting yesterday? I don't even remember. Uh, oh, it was Manaya. Uh, yeah, Manaya started yesterday. He and was uh, he was okay. Yeah, he was all right. Even was, Bassett was. I say Bassett's numbers would tell you like, oh, he was fine. Astros were hitting him hard, even when they weren't scoring runs. They were hitting, you know, they were hitting lines. You know, they're hitting frozen ropes out there. They play well at Dodger Stadium. Oh, man. I, I tweeted this yesterday when someone uh, had mentioned something about uh, about uh, Springer. And I, uh, I, I said, can we get uh, all playoff games from now on at Dodger Stadium? Is there a way to make this happen? That's their home, baby. <laughs> can, can we do that? I'll, Wait, I'll, tell, I'll tell you, what's going to be weird is um, and I thought about this. And I think you probably have realized this as well. Dodger Stadium, actually, I think you tweeted about this. Dodger Stadium during the day plays very small. Well, if you, you play a day game at Dodger Stadium, it plays very small. And that's why the ball is flying out of the yard right now. And I think they, they I don't know, I'm not a weather expert, but I think part of the reason they have fires the way they do too is you get a lot of wind coming off the Pacific coast, you know? And I think it just plays into well, the it fires are po- the, the fires are a political issue, so we're not going to dive into that. <laughs> but obviously, it depends on which side of the aisle plate, you're on. Home plate is like you know leaning towards the west, and so as the sun dips down too, I think that also makes it harder because, like you're seeing, like when the shadows start playing in, and, yeah, and pitches are coming in, they're showing late well, in the game. Like, but it gets it gets hot during the day, and there's no humidity, yeah. So the air, you know, the air is nice just California nice, breeze, nice Everything California breeze, balls brilliant. just flying off the bat. But, but with, Oakland's a California team. These guys, I mean, you can't really but change o- anything but Oakland, about that. But Oakland's not on the bay. And also, Oakland is a parking lot. Like, the Coliseum, <laughs> yeah. the Coliseum is a is absolutely a pitcher's park. Dodger Stadium at 1 o'clock local time yeah. is 100% a hitter's park. Yeah. Like, you saw, what's his name? The pinder for the A's yesterday hit one the other way about 440 feet. How many guys go the other way 440 you know, like that doesn't happen. Stanton had a bomb yesterday. Oh, that yeah, that'll uh, that'll go meet Pujols' ball somewhere. Yeah, um, that's because he's juicing. Yeah, I mean, but if he's what, a Yankee. He's juicing. But at Pet, but at Petco, and it's, the point I was going to make was if the Astros are able to win one of these next three games and move mm-hmm. on to the ALCS, um, they'll be going to Petco and they'll be playing night games against either the Yankees or the Rays. I think the MLB executives are really hoping it's the Yankees. 
because um, that's kind of what baseball has been building towards this whole year. But Petco plays very small. It's absolutely a pitcher's park, so it's going to be an adjustment for the Astros if they end up making it to the ALCS because Petco is going to be a pitcher's park while they've been playing the ALDS at you know the little league field that is Dodger Stadium at one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, with typical little leaguers. Um, <laughs> would you would you want that Yankees matchup or the Rays matchup? If we make it there, if I we don't make get it ahead, yeah, of ourselves. So I, I thought about I, maybe this is a Seattle's fan in me. So I'm, I've been ye of little faith this far. If you listen <laughs> to last week's podcast, I said we're gonna right. lose to the Twins in two. Um, and I think <laughs> when I talked to, I think I talked to you last week about it, but I definitely talked to other people about it last week, where I was saying, well, you know what, we're gonna lose the A's in three. I'm just not gonna have any faith in this team the entire way. I do believe there is a mental edge the Astros have over the Yankees, given the way 2017 and 2019 played out. Yeah, I think there is a mental edge the Astros have over New York. Also, outside of Garrett Cole, the Yankees starting pitching is not very Their good. Their game yesterday was a mess. I think Aaron yeah. Boone, I don't know how the guy's a job, honestly. He managed the game terribly. I mean, there, there was, and I wouldn't have really caught it until I listened this morning. I was watching MLB talk. And they pointed out how the the young man I don't even know his name, but uh, he's a 21 year old rookie that they started just through an inning, and then they brought in Jay Happ. And oh, Davey Garcia, I think. Yeah, and it, was, yeah. and it was like, why? What's the point of that? You know, so they're I not actually, doing a bullpen. So I actually day. like the opener. Man, they tore him apart. I, I like but, the idea of an opener. They were saying though that like, apparently he wasn't prepared as an opener. Like he thought he was throwing a game. Oh, okay. Like, then I don't like I don't like that at all. Like that. I don't like that at all. But there then. was just confusion. But it's like Jay Happ is a starter. Yeah. So he's he's not a bullpen guy. I don't know if they're using them. No, I, so I so, so I like having an opener Who uses two initials, but still goes by J. It's very strange. J, no, J A. I've it's always J. heard it's J. No, it's J A Hap. I would like it to be J A. It's J A. Okay, well, it's still stupid. Yes, I'm J. not. I'm not disagreeing. J A. J A Hap. But <laughs> I've heard it both ways. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. Um, he was I like he has an Astro. I like just... the idea of an opener because you give your starter one more time through the lineup. Because yeah. if like if you're facing the Yankees, for example, you're gonna have Glaber and Lemayhew and Judge or Stanton in that first inning, maybe even both, depending on how deep you get into the lineup. Yeah. That way, it's one less time. You're like you're putting a reliever, uh, you know, uh, ideally a good reliever against their best hitters, and then it's one less time those guys are gonna see the you know the starter, which in this case wouldn't be a starter, but it's gonna be the guy that's gonna pitch the bulk of the game. So I do like the idea of it, but let that be your game plan. You shouldn't not tell Davey Garcia that, you know, he's that's just, just that's what the, the guys opener. were talking about. Yeah, and that Hap is dumb. Came then. In and, and Hap got rocked, and I, but because I, I think that you have to use bullpen guys if you're going to do a bullpen day. I just feel like you do because like throwing a starter after, you know, like guys are they they're used to clean innings or whatever it is. I mean, there's there's I don't like starters coming out of the pen. Just generally speaking, man, we've it, had good luck with I, it so I, far this postseason. It depends on the scenario for me because I'm like, you know what? In 2017, you Garrett Cole in well, instead of Will Harris guy, right? Well, no, what I would have done last year, Game Seven, World Series, seventh inning, one out, runner on first, we're up two one. What Gabe Myers would have done is bring in Roberto Osuna, who was one of the best messy inning guys in yeah. baseball. Bring in Osuna to g- get out of that seventh inning, then bring in Cole for the last two. See, I would have. I don't. I never like bringing a starter in an unfamiliar territory like that. I've saw Madison Bumgarner do great with it this postseason. I've but seen Matty's Christian. Hod- like a world. He's like a playoff star, man. And Garrett Cole last year was it? Well, last year, but that was his what in twenty eighteen. 
He was with us in 2018, right? Yeah. Against the Red Sox, he was he was all right in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I was I at I was at phenomenal. I was I was at his start against Cleveland in 2018. He was phenomenal. That Boston team, just everybody was hitting. Like no one pitched well against Boston that year. Boston had the Astros 2017 magic. Yeah, like what, literally whatever that magic was. <laughs> yeah, like, we're not we're not gonna speculate <laughs> here. But, but they but they they carried that. But so go like. So I get people – a lot of people have asked me this because not everyone just, like, watches baseball the way that we do. Yeah. So a lot of people have asked me, like, is it – are the Twins and the A's just playing bad or are the Astros playing good? Like, what is happening? Because obviously it was a very disappointing regular season. I think the Astros are playing well. I think they're playing like, great. I, like, I'm watching them play. Like, they're taking advantage of – you know, because there's going to be – over the course of the game, there's going to be mistake pitches – that's going to happen. They're taking advantage of mistakes. Their pitchers are pitching very well, especially in the bullpen, which is a huge shock to anybody who's followed the team this year that the yeah. bullpen is playing well. Your guy, Enoli Paredes, Dude, is, he's he, dominant. He is lights out. Yeah, I could see him uh, turning into a closer. I really could. Yeah, um, yeah. we were talking about it yesterday. I think Osuna is going to be back next year. He'll be the closer, but Enoli's going to be – a you know he's going to be a key piece in that develop bullpen. Hopefully, into the setup man. And yeah, maybe be a I mean, in a if he if years. he turns into a dominant reliever, and you have you know you move Presley back into a setup role, and you have Presley, Paredes, and Osuna all pitching at a high level in the back end of that bullpen, that bodes very well for the Astros going forward. But Paredes has been absolutely unhittable uh, throughout the playoffs thus far. He's I mean he, he had two in, he went two innings in game one. He went an inning yesterday, and he's um, been sharp, man. Yeah, I mean, he, and he's sharp. not missing like he's. Like he's dotting fastballs. I mean, he's hitting them ninety-eight and with movement. His slider. He's such a kid. Wipeout slider. <laughs> I think he doesn't. He's not aware of how big the moment is. He's yeah. just out there with a big smile on his face, having fun, throwing ninety-eight. You know, this is it's fun to. I'm having fun watching the Astros. Right. I am. They're happy. This is and every, great. Every bad thing that I felt like Dusty Baker was doing during the regular season, he's managing really well. He's I think, pushed in the all the right. Yeah. I'm happy you managed that because I wasn't going to bring it up. So I'm happy you did because he deserves a lot of credit because we've given him a lot of hate on this podcast. Dusty Baker, I would not have pulled Zach Greinke out of the fourth inning in Minnesota in Game One for Framber Valdez. Dusty did worked out tremendously. Put a starter in. Yeah, and he negates my uh, my yeah. uh, philosophy. <laughs> but I mean, he put he puts in Framber who he yeah. like, and Greinke was mad, and even the announcers were like, well, should you really take out Greinke there? And, and I agree. He has arm soreness, quote unquote. Yeah, uh, I hope that. I mean, I I I hope that's the case versus Greinke being pissed off still. Um, no, because like I mean the Astros won that game. You would think Greinke's professional enough? Yeah, no, he's. I th- I think it is. But some, he gets in his head sometimes. I th- I think it's because I thought something was up when he didn't start Game One. So now it's, yeah. Now I'm a little worried that Greinke's not because I don't think the Astros. But I think if we need a Game Four or Five, I think he starts one of those games. The Christian Javier get to a five. But Christian Javier came out of the pen in for one game inning, one, right? Just one inning for just one inning. It's possible. Didn't have a lot. Of, didn't throw a lot of pitches. Yeah, I don't know. Possible. We're kind of just putting it together as we go along. But he's hit all the right buttons. He let Anoli go out yeah. there for two innings. He, you know, pushing the Fromber back button. To back days. The Christian Javier in the um, in game two of the Twin Series. You bring Christian Javier out of the bullpen for Urquidy worked out tremendously. Um, People question, do you really start uh, Fromber in game two over Urquidy or Granky? Now, Granky, it looks like now wasn't really an option. But do you really start him over Urquidy? Fromber pitched great yesterday. You know, he's he's pushed all the right buttons thus far. I'm very impressed with him. I think that's a, his experience. is It's really paying off right now. And the, team's, and the team's experience as well. Because I think you yeah. have those veterans. You have... You know, Presley, who's been there the last couple of years, Frankie, who's been on numerous playoff runs, and obviously the hitters, you know, 
Springer, Altuve, Correa, Bregman, Reddick, Brantley, etc. All these guys who have been in deep playoff runs just, you know, last year and then even previously before that. Um, they, you know, playoff starts like, okay, clean slate, let's just go win games. And that is what they're doing. They're hitting the ball well. Their approach to the plate has been excellent. They're taking advantage of mistakes. The moment's not too big for them. And they look like the team to be feared right now with the way they're hitting the ball. I hope it continues. Uh, they still got one more game to win against Oakland, who is a very, very good team. I said it before on the podcast. I think I said it last week. And I know I said it with Brent Bielski when he guest hosted, you know, feels like a year ago now when that happened. Um, but I was saying, you know, in the playoffs, I would assuming if the Astros couldn't win, I would like Oakland too because of Billy Bean. But yeah. um, it, I like Oakland. Yeah, I like I just Oakland don't too. Like my fires. Yeah, understandably <laughs> so. Be in baseball. Uh, understandably so. But I mean, Oakland's a very good team. Astros still have uh, one more game to yeah, win. Yeah, Oakland would definitely be my second pick because I don't want the Yankees. I would go for the Rays if they made it to the World Series. But I would if the Ast- if it's not the Astros, it'll be Oakland. You if know, the Yankees are not in the World Series, well, see, if the Yankees, if it's a Yankee Dodger World Series, I'm not going to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't care who they're playing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh that's me. But good day to be an Astros fan. Hopefully they finish that. Hopefully they are in the ALCS by the time this podcast is published, because yeah. we're about three hours away from game time right now as we're sure recording are. this. I so, have, I actually have to pick my son up like. It'll right, probably as, be about the second inning or third inning or something when right I'm going to go get him, and I'm oh, going to be okay. like, man. But I still love him. I still love him. He it's can okay. walk home. I mean, yeah, he can take the bus. Or maybe I'll call somebody to pick him up. I'll <laughs> say why. I'm like, because I'm watching an Astros game, and they'll hang up on me. Understandable. But, yeah, well, other people don't understand our love and desire. Yes, I understand it. I used to skip work for opening day, man, <laughs> on a regular basis. Like, I, I was always sick, like, opening <laughs> yeah. day. Hey, uh, it's April 2nd. Jason's sick again. So um, weird. Yeah, I know. Uh, he always gets sick this time of year. Do you think we spend enough time talking about uh, the Texans? Man, let's talk about the Houston Texans because he's gone. And Romeo Cornell, I think because he's 73 years old and he might really have his hands off a lot, he's probably a really good manager. But if he lets Tim Kelly do his job and he lets uh, – uh, well, I don't know if Anthony Weaver can really do anything different at this stage, but the defense might even have a little bit of a rejuvenation, you know, a little more. Well, hopefully they're not on the field as much. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, or or just just allowing Deshaun to hopefully uncork some. Yeah, I think I'm hoping the offense it's more creative now that O'Brien's gone. Because even though Tim Kelly was technically the play caller and offensive coordinator the first four weeks of this year. Um, when you have Bill O'Brien, the head coach, breathing down your neck, you know, and he's probably in your ear saying, hey, do this, do that. Let's make sure we get David Johnson the ball because I traded the best player on the team for him, so he needs to look good. Uh, we need to look like, you know, that was a good trade, which it wasn't, um, but we're not going to rehash that. But I think Tim Kelly, I expect the Texans to be a little more loose offensively, take some more chances. Um, maybe the chances don't work out, but it'll be a nice change of pace just for Texans fans, and hopefully more quick passing as well because I don't think the offensive line is as bad as a perception, but the offensive line not being immensely talented combined with Deshaun's tendency to hold on to the ball to try to make you know that home run play, which is what you love about Deshaun, but it gets him into trouble as well, um, combined with you know the fact that, the te- that Bill O'Brien's Texans seemed allergic to the quick passing game, um, 
led to Deshaun getting sacked a lot and the offensive line looking terrible. I'm hoping that now we implement more of a quick passing game. We're able to use the run game more effectively, probably use it less, but be able to use it more effectively, setting up play action, setting up shots down the field, just looking like, you know, a competent modern NFL offense. Well, and doesn't doesn't Deshaun Watson have his own personal QB coach? Yes, like, Quincy, like Quincy Avery is his name. But he's not employed by the Texans. No. It's like his own guy, right? Like, yeah, and I mean a lot of that's common for a quarterback. Deshaun's okay. not I think it's Deshaun Deshaun makes his relationship with Quincy Avery more public than the quarterbacks do, but Tom Brady has different guys that he goes to in the offseason. Peyton Manning did throughout his career. Aaron Rodgers has guys. I mean, it's very common. I think ninety nine like ninety five percent of NFL quarterbacks have their own personal private quarterback coach. Well, I brought that or, up because, or position coach. Well, did you ever hear about uh, Brock's Brock Osweiler's comments after he left? No, and he, he talked about how. The Texans didn't focus on the details enough. Like they didn't coach the details. Oh, you can see it when they play. That doesn't surprise me at all. Like the personal coaching of like, you know, taking that QB aside and just working on fundamentals and things like that over and over again. And I think that think that possibly you've seen that with Deshaun. And I don't want to say regression, but maybe just like he's he's folding under. Well, I think well, I think we're we're gonna find out if it's regression or if it's um or if it's just like O'Brien if he's if he's the one to blame for everything because now O'Brien is gone because I am in the I'm a Deshaun guy you're not as high on him as I am uh but I am a Deshaun guy I think Deshaun is one of the top when he's playing at a high level I think he's one of the top six quarterbacks in the NFL yeah I agree with that meaning that he's a Super Bowl caliber quarterback like you can win a championship with Deshaun Watson now you can't win a championship with only Deshaun Watson but you can win I believe you can win a championship with well Deshaun you need Watson David Johnson to definitely be a part of the offense I mean we just need any competent <laughs> running back um will fuller looked really good in the loss like he looked pretty good last fuller Sunday. is a really good number two receiver right and I feel it was I, never meant to be the number one exactly that's, that's a big problem but the good news for but the Brandon Texans, cooks is supposed to be the number one receiver isn't he who knows? <laughs> um, but here's the good news for the Texans. College football has never produced more NFL receivers than they are right now. And if you look at recent years, look at some of the number one receivers in the NFL right now. Devontae Adams and Michael Thomas are a couple guys that come to mind. Even like, you know, maybe not quite as good, but Allen Robinson of the Bears is the number one receiver. Or uh, Keenan Allen for the Chargers is the number one receiver. Are you seeing guys coming from small schools? Not guys from small schools. Or Chris Godwin from Tampa Bay. Not first-round picks. Okay. Yeah, yeah. These, these guys are not – because, like, Michael Thompson to Ohio State. Like, I mean, they're, they're, some of these guys are from bigger schools, yeah. but they're not first-round picks. And the NF – like, Terry McLaurin from Washington, he wasn't a first-round pick. He's a baller. A.J. Brown from the Titans, he's a baller. Not These guys aren't first-round picks, meaning even though the Texans do not have a bunch of draft capital, I think they can still rebuild the receiving core through the draft. I think they need to get Deshaun a tight end. He's never played with a really good tight end. I think the Texans' job, despite the caps, the cap situation, and despite the draft capital situation for this year, I think it's a really good job because you have a top tier quarterback in Deshaun Watson. What's the hardest thing to do if you coach a team? Find your quarterback. You don't got to do that. The hardest part of the job is done when you take the job in Houston, and you have Laramie Tunsil, who's a top. Probably a top five, definitely a top ten left tackle in the NFL. He's the best paid left tackle. He's the highest paid left tackle. (laughs) Um, But you have a high-end left tackle, an upper echelon left tackle, signed long-term on your team. So you don't got to worry about your quarterback's blindside, and you don't got to worry about your quarterback. 
Now you got to worry about other stuff, but I mean, every job you're gonna have to. You, you got to worry about up the middle, and you got to worry about the. Uh, well, right I think side. even Titus Howard on the right side. I think Titus Howard is fine. I just think you need to get the ball out of his hands. Yeah. I think you need to get well, the ball out of yes. his hands quicker. Well, and that's that's why you know my argument about Lamar Jackson was I just feel like making decisions quickly is a benefit in the NFL. I think if you if you hesitate, you're gonna get your block knocked off at any position, and quarterback particularly is like. He, He's gotten damn elusive this year, though. Like Deshaun, it's like he has a uh, uh, baby oil on his back sometimes. I mean, he's, Desha- he's, Deshaun's always man, he's been escaped, a- but he's escaped some stuff where I've thought at first you're yelling and you're like throw the damn ball, and then he like skips out. Well, of no, something. so that's his greatest strength and his greatest weakness because he yeah, can he can he, es- he can escape and make you know spectacular plays, but then he I think he relies on that escapability too much. Yeah. I don't, but I think this is where a change of. Co- uh, you know, change in scheme, change in coach is going to benefit him greatly. Well, and that's where, yeah, and that's why I kind of brought up that personal QB coach. Is I'm thinking is is hopefully that guy's telling him, like, man, you you need to stop relying on your feet so much, unless they're going to run him more, and maybe they. I, I hope I hope more. they don't because he didn't have that he didn't I have that massive build. Well, I just um, don't want to get killed. Yeah, yeah I, like, but I think you know who. So you know who I didn't I, who I didn't mention yesterday on Instagram Live to coach the Texans that I think they need to take a serious look at is Joe Brady. The offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers, who was the um, offensive coordinator for LSU last year with Joe Burrow, and they had that you know insane, um, that insane offense that set you know every record in, uh, that set every record imaginable. But Joe Brady only thirty; he just turned thirty-one, so he wouldn't be the youngest coach ever hired. But I think this is the uh, I think Joe Brady. I said yesterday I thought Eric Bieniemy would be the front runner, and I'd be perfectly fine with Eric Bieniemy being the next head coach of the Houston Texans. But I think Joe Brady. I think if I had if it was up to me, I think I'd take Joe Brady. It's got Teddy Bridgewater looking pretty good right now. Well, they're, they, Christian McCaffrey goes down in week two. They've won their last two games, and the Panthers have been competitive in every game. This was supposed to be a team that wasn't going to be very good. They're right. two and two right now. Now it's four games into the season, but Joe Brady's running a good offense without elite players Joe Burrow before Joe Brady got to LSU was not a draftable quarterback Joe Burrow was a bad college quarterback before Joe Brady became the offensive coordinator at LSU Joe Brady gets there all of a sudden Joe Burrow is Peyton Manning meets Tom Brady meets Joe Montana like that that those were his comparisons which was always absurd but Joe Brady is I I think Joe Brady might be the next you know, offensive genius that comes up. And I would, pro- my gut reaction is he's 31, he's probably too young, but I'm for taking a chance here. Cause I think the only way, like the 49ers took a chance on Kyle Shanahan and were a play away from winning the Super Bowl. The Rams took a chance on Sean McVay, ended up in a Super Bowl. Like you have to take, you can't just always hire the safe guy or any retread. I hope Texans don't hire, you know, kind of one of these retread guys. I hope it's Joe Brady or I Eric Bieniemy. But I think you have to take a chance on somebody, and the more I think about it, the more I think it's Joe Brady. Well, hopefully, maybe they'll get uh, you know, Daryl Morey in the house to give some advice to Cal about hiring someone splashy. Oh man, <laughs> I don't know. It's my only fear is like Jack Easterby, you know, has the ear of of Cal now, and apparently there's a lot of concern with this guy and his ascension to the throne. Um, it's in. Well, the first thing the Texans need to do is hire a general manager. Yes. That's but the first quickly. thing. And they need to do that quickly, honestly, because you can't – like, this guy's in charge right now of football operations. Right. Jack Easterby. 
and you know, no he was like the he was like the team chaplain yeah. with the Patriots, and and Bill O'Brien brought him there, and then I've just I've heard some things that there was a slight power struggle, and Jack Easter between still the East, one there between Easterby and O'Brien, yeah. That's, a, that's some things I've heard from, like, Houston Sports Radio is they were having some conflicts of interest, and that's kind of, you know, it ended with O'Brien going out the door and Easterby still Send there, both so. of them out the door. I, and I wholeheartedly agree with that because I don't want to say you get rid of anyone that O'Brien brought in because he probably brought in Anthony Weaver. He well, I mean, you, can, you can't sure. fire the entire coaching staff <laughs> right now. <laughs> Not in the season, so it creates some quandaries there. But in the front office, though, I would fire everybody. There'd be quite a few. I'd get rid of. Yeah, yeah. like I think, like if I if I was because at this point, because I don't want the Texans making any trades at this point in the year, unless they can trade away David. I'm Johnson. telling you right now, if they decide to tear it down, I'm just I'm done. Like I can't, you can't go through. Define a tear, down right tear now. it down. Tear it down would be trying to get rid of bad contracts, you know, a JJ, a uh, you know, some of the linebackers that you're kind of hamstrung with. But well, um, okay, so the linebackers they can't get rid of. No, you're hamstrung with all of them, honestly. Well, J- not, so JJ and Brandon Cooks actually only have a couple can, of years left, I believe, right? But no guaranteed money left. That's the thing. JJ's he's not replaceable. Though, yeah, I mean, sense, uh, the Texans won't get rid of JJ. People would burn down energy. Yeah, like that's yeah, the fan you can't. Base was, you'd lose the fan base, right? But I don't know. If, sometimes I wonder if they care or if they understand about keeping a fan base. But I like I listen. This, this is morning why again. you need to hire somebody competent and and get that general manager in there. But in the, during the season, who are you going to hire? That's the problem. Well, all no, these guys so, are so, employed. Okay, so all these guys are employed, but they you wouldn't be you would be hiring probably the assistant GM somewhere else. Which theoretically which, they could leave. Which yes, and so here's the thing: like right now it's the NFL season, so for players and coaches, this is you know the season, and then you know after the Super Bowl they go into the off season. For a front office guy, not that this is the off season for him where there's not stuff to do, but this is a much lighter part of the year as sure. opposed yeah. to when the regular season is over when you're doing you know draft stuff and free agency and building a team and which guys do we resign which guys do we not whose contracts do we need to restructure um that kind of thing when you know Janice is still the uh she's the senior chair on the team so oh my god just that's, just that's hire Bob's just hire someone from widow. the Chiefs or the Colts and let's move on <laughs> uh just hire someone hit, hire the Colts assistant GM I forget his name I'm going to look it up right now uh, but hire that guy and let's get a head coaching search going. Yeah, because it's it's you just got to get it done. That's all there is to it. Yeah, Ed Dodds, that's his name. Ed Dodds. I want to text hire Ed Dodds as general manager. Hire Joe Brady as head coach and let's get this thing rolling. Let's go. I'm ready for a. I'm ready for a change in Houston. They better not hire a bum as head coach. We got rid of one bum. Let's not hire another. That'd Bill be, O'Brien's gone. Bum Phillips was a good coach though, man. Don't forget. I said I didn't say don't hire bum. I said don't hire a bum. So in the other parts of the NFL that still exist outside of Houston, um, Dallas still has major problems. What I thought their defense looked great. <laughs> you, you know, you got your ass whipped by they, Cleveland. They only allowed <laughs> three hundred and seven yards rushing. <laughs> Sorry, they only allowed three hundred and seven yards. I say again, you got your ass whipped by Cleveland. Hey, don't hit on Cleveland too much, man. They are three and one. They. I, you know, maybe things are coming alive there. So, man, the Cleveland Browns ran for 307 yards. <laughs> I just remember. 
Do the Texans have 307 yards rushing this year? No, I don't they, think they're so. They're like the worst rushing team in football, which, you know, again, again, I think that's why Bill O'Brien got fired is because they just said, look, all the moves you've made are not working out. <laughs> it's just time. But I, I would just think Mike McCarthy would be a little bit on a short leash here. I really would because Jerry finally let go of his boy, who he was practically married to, and he brings in Mike McCarthy, which – at first, I thought it might be a good hire, but then you start hearing like the worst and the worst stories about this guy, how inept he is, and now they gave him the keys to that franchise there. So the Texans and the Giants have both ran for under 307 yards this season. And the Giants, who lost Barkley, like I mean, it's. I think Daniel Jones is a Giants re- leading rusher. <laughs> That's bad. Poor guy. Um, I thought there'd be more teams with under 307 yards rushing. Well, it's almost surprising because the Titans haven't played a game. Well, but the Titans, they were they ran for – I mean, they've run for 387 through – Three games, yeah. Yeah. So they're beginning a little, a little yeah. over 100 yards. Derrick Henry's not producing as much as he did late in last year, but he still looks good. The Titans will probably be fine. Um, the Colts being 3-1, and one, I won't say that's an entire surprise, but their defense has been It's a surprise solid, after they lost the, – here's why I don't buy into the Colts. Now, so I respect the Colts as an organization, but I don't watch them and think, wow, they are talented. <laughs> like, I. I T.Y.'s past his prime. Like, T.Y.'s out of his prime. Phillip Rivers is a shot fighter. Jonathan Taylor, the rookie running back, is solid, but he's hey, not. What, what is Phillip Rivers? A shot fighter. A shot fighter. What is that? What does that mean? It's like Muhammad Ali, the last five fights of his career. <laughs> okay. Like, you're just trying to hang on? Yeah. Like, you're just, like, you're, you're just hoping, trying not to get hoping. killed. Well, because Phillip Rivers never, the Chargers never went to a Super Bowl while he was there. Yeah. Well, they, they, when they went to the Super Bowl, I think I was a kid. No, they didn't go to the Super Bowl when he was there. But after his first, like, early in his career, he had some good teams around him. But after that, they, the Chargers are a pretty terribly run fa- franchise. Um, but I mean, the Colts beat the Vikings, who are one in three with their one win coming over to Bill O'Brien led Texans last week. The Colts beat the Jets, um, who might be the worst team in NFL history. Um, and then the Colts beat the Bears, where and Nick Foles, oh, gosh, he was terrible. Like, okay, I didn't. So I'm salty because I, if you don't listen to the Moneyline podcast, I ha- I thought the my I think my favorite bet of the week was the Colts losing to the Bears. Or at least the Bears covering the spread against the Colts. And then Nick Foles goes out there and looks like me. Like, he played about as well on Sunday as I would have played had I been quarterback for the Bears. I'm surprised he's still around. I don't know. Well, he's I not mean, old, their, their other quarterback been... is Trubisky. So it's not like the Bears have better options. I mean, gosh, Trubisky. I'm not convinced Trubisky starts in the XFL, much less for another NFL Isn't team. Isn't that wild? Because wasn't it his rookie year he looked good or second year or something like he that? He never looked good. They, his they, sec- his they second fell year, in love with him. His second year they went 12-4 and four because Khalil Mack got traded from the Raiders and went on an absolute FU middle finger revenge tour. And so the, the Bears, Bears went 12-4 and four despite Mitch Trubisky's inept quarterback play. They just signed, they signed Lamar Miller. To their practice squad. God, wow. Wow. That was a guy that O'Brien sold us on, which only because he smoked the Texans as a Dolphin. So he brings Lamar Miller in. You know what's funny with Lamar Miller? He was okay, but he was never good. Before we hit the break, you know what's funny with Lamar Miller? So, like, Lamar Miller, when he was in Miami and he was a good, you know, a good running back, 
what was he? A speed guy. Yeah. And like when we went and signed Lamar Miller, remember, so that's the year we signed Lamar Miller. We signed Brock Osweiler, which was always a terrible signing. <laughs> Never and met the, him before. And in the draft, yeah, without meeting him, we signed Brock Osweiler. Great move, Rick Smith. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then in the draft, they drafted Will Fuller and they drafted Braxton Miller because they wanted to get like more speed because they had like they were not they didn't they lacked explosion on offense. Um, so they bring in Lamar Miller because he's a speed guy, and then they tell Lamar Miller they want him to put on more weight so he can take. The hits, so he puts on like 15 pounds of muscle, but then he's not explosive. He's not fast anymore. Yeah, it was freaking ridiculous. And they're pounding him. It was the so counterintuitive. I yeah, you you bring in a speed guy so you can run him on a halfback dive up the middle 15 times a game. This freaking. This is why Bill O'Brien's fired. I'm happy he's gone. <laughs> we are gonna hit our break. Listen to this message we have for you by Right On, the great company that helps us do this podcast here. And it's growing. It is growing. We have a lot of stuff going on. We got more office space here in the last week. We are growing this international conglomerate. It's going to be an empire. Yeah. Born right here in Corpus Christi, Texas. Yes, sir. Right on Corpus. Right here on the Right on Sports Podcast. Listen to this message, and we'll be back with more. I'd like to take this minute to talk about RightOnCorpus.com. Right on Corpus is a lifestyle media company that creates fun in our city by promoting experiences that you guys will love. They are the people to turn to for advice on everything Coastal Bend. What fun shall you do today? Find out at rightoncorpus.com. All right, we are back here on the Right On Sports Podcast. I think I got all my excitement out during that last segment. All your angst. All my pent up. I mean, I was in a car for a good portion of the day yesterday. Yeah, that'll do it sometimes. Yeah. Um, I just want to note real quick before we move into the NBA Finals talk is that Lena Springer is probably going to be my future wife. Oh, is she? Yeah, and I'm that it's going to be you're going to be George's brother-in-law, his brother-in-law, and then I'm going to tell him stay with the Astros. I I retweeted yesterday to commit to pitching thirty dollars to keep George in the Astros uniform. So. People get GoFundMe's all for all kinds of dumb things yeah. all the time. We could do a GoFundMe. We to can't. Keep we can't raise two hundred million to get George Springer to stay in. I mean, Astros it's wild, uniform. man, because you just look at how, <laughs> how like, it's okay. We're not. We're supposed to be with the NBA Finals, but real quick, I think the last Astros thing is like, it honestly felt like sometimes they were melling in the season because they just didn't look happy. You're right. They just they just weren't there. But since the postseason started. Yeah, it's a whole different We're team. in our element, ass, baby. I know. I'm, like, happy talking about them. Don't ruin this for me, Houston. Please. So things that we're not necessarily happy about, but I feel like we're contractually obligated to discuss. <laughs> we're contractually obligated <laughs> to discuss stuff? <laughs> I didn't get that paycheck. <laughs> no. No. Uh, let's not talk about that. So, <laughs> I don't even have NBA website pulled up. So the finals. Yeah. I gotta tell you, let's just cut it. Let's get to the point. I haven't watched a single second of this NBA finals, and I don't feel guilty for that. I've seen the highlights, and I thought, cool, Jimmy Butler, Houstonian, tearing it up. Otherwise, yeah. my hands are in the air. You know, I just don't care. I've watched. So you go. I, I've watched. I, I mean, I've watched. I watched the end of last. Night. I was. So after the Astros game yesterday, I kind of turned off sports for like the first time since, you know, it opened back up in July. I turned it off for a couple of hours after the Astros game because I was like, O'Brien was fired. The Astros are one win away from the ALCS. It's not going to get any better than that right there. 
I don't feel like anyone's cared. I don't feel like they've advertised the so, phones so, even so on. So I will. So I will say, like from people that I have talked. So I have. So obviously, like, I, so you've got people. I've got people. I mean, like. I mean, you know this. If you listen to the podcast before, or if you know me, you know that I played college basketball for a year, and I'm a basketball junkie. I love the game of basketball. So you, you know, I'm gonna watch at least a portion of the NBA Finals, regardless. But I will say there is an element of excitement that's lacking from this year's Finals. Do you think it's because it's like LeBron's 95th time in the Finals? No, I don't think it's that. Um, I think it's it's a combination of things. It's I mean, one is the bubble. There's no atmosphere, and I've seen it with playoff baseball as well. Where yeah. in like the like the like, so I'm wa- I've watched every pitch of the of the Astros this postseason. Like even when I've been like running errands and stuff, I'll have the game on my phone, like watching the game while I'm driving. It's very exciting, which stuff. I don't recommend. Um, but like, but even like the MLB playoffs without fans, it, there's an element of like pageantry and like tense ten- tenseness that's missing from the games in baseball. And I think the same thing's happening in basketball in the bubble mm-hmm. without the fans being there. So I think that's an element of it. Also, because our bodies are wired on a sports calendar, if you're a sports fan, yeah. where the NBA Finals are in June, the baseball playoffs are this time. So that's why I think the baseball playoffs, it feels right to me more than like the NBA does right now. Because I'm not supposed to be watching the NBA Finals right now. I'm supposed to be watching... The Astros. And I'm supposed to be watching NFL and college football, but I'm not supposed to be watching the NBA Finals right now. So it feels weird. Not saying that it, f- it almost feels like illegitimate. I don't say that to be like an asterisk <laughs> by this title because I think, you know, the Lakers, assuming they win the championship, which I think they'll win the next game, win in five, there doesn't deserve to be an asterisk by the championship because it's been a very weird year and they've overcome a lot of uh, adversity to win the title. But there is an element of excitement that is lost this year, I think, without the atmosphere there in the arenas. Um, and because our sports calendar is very messed up, it just doesn't feel it doesn't feel right. And I think that combined with you're competing against the king, which is the NFL, yeah. is why people are not watching and people don't particularly care. And then the NFL dominates the, the sports news cycle, the sp- sports far. landscape in America. Yeah. And then um, I think it's because like going to the finals and you said it when we did our little finals preview where you didn't feel like the heat were a legitimate challenge. Um, I thought they'd be a better challenge if Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic would be healthy. Now, I think the Lakers would have won anyway, but it didn't feel like the heat were any real threat to the Lakers. At least that was a perception among especially like more casual fans like diehard like. As a diehard fan, I can make the case for anybody beating anybody, I feel like. But as a casual fan, like it's kind of hard to get, oh, who's the Heat's best player? Jimmy Butler. Oh, he's not even a superstar. Who's their second best player? Bam Adebayo. And if you didn't pay close attention to the NBA this year, you might not have known who he you was until the playoffs. Yeah. Like, So it just doesn't feel like there's a legitimate challenge to the Lakers this year, even though I think the Heat, if healthy, would have given the Lakers quite a bit of problems. So I think that's why there's just some lack of interest this year with the NBA. Um, I know people like to point towards political stuff, which maybe that's a factor, but I think it has a lot more to do with just it, the it doesn't fe- it's not the right time of the year. We're not wired to watch the NBA finals in October combined with the you're competing against football, which crushes everything. Yeah, like so hard. So. I mean, it does. It's it's like, it's, you know, I listen to a lot of Houston sports radio and when the Astros are on the verge of their fourth ACS, ALCS. 
but the sports talk is dominated still by Bill O'Brien's firing. You know, I mean, me, I'm like, I'm, I'm tweeting at them, and I'm like, hey, shut up already. Enough about it. But you know, you know the Astros exist, it, you know? right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, but it is. It's kind of one of those things, but I think with baseball, um, for one, I think the city of Houston, and probably us as Astros fans, we've gotten a little spoiled lately. Oh, no question. Yeah, a damn good team. And I was thinking about it on the right end, and I don't know how many teams have gone to a championship series four seasons in a row, three seasons in a row. I think the Dodgers, if they make the NLCS, I think this will be their fourth in a row. And I it, w- think it would be their fifth. Their fifth? It would be their fifth. They, made it, in si- they made it in 16 as well. I would imagine. The oh, no, they didn't make it, it last year to the, AL- to the NLCS. They lost to Washington in the division series. That's right. So um, so they were on a four-year streak going into last year. You'd have to do some like, yeah. stats digging, probably get on baseball but, reference I mean, it, to find it, that. But it is a, hard to have. It's hard to stay consistently good. In the Cubs, baseball, The Cubs yeah. have gone back to being average. I think they made the playoffs, but lost to Milwaukee or something. I don't they know. lost to the Marlins. The Marlins in the first round, the wild card yeah. thing. And then then uh, I mean, the look, Red Sox have imploded once again. Red Sox that's have imploded. Cycle, um, no one expected the Marlins to be there at all, which is I'm, pretty impressive. I mean, to be the uh, the Nationals this year weren't didn't even sniff the playoffs. And the Braves, when the Braves were great for so long in the '90s, and then the Braves went away for a few years, and then yeah. they it took them a minute. It to looks get back like they're being it looks again. like they're yeah. back now. So I, think I think baseball is very hard core. because once guys once guys either leave in free agency or they they cycle out just on age. It's hard to replace some of those guys. Keep pitching consistent yeah. things like that. Well, and basketball, I feel like you can move pieces easier in basketball is what it seems like. Until maybe now where you're getting like these really large max deals, but those guys still get traded. Well, it's in basketball. If I have LeBron or Kawhi or Kevin Durant or Steph, I'm winning. Like if I if I have one of those guys, I'm in the playoffs. I'm a title contender. If I have two of those guys, yeah, I'm the title favorite. So the rest of the team can almost yeah. suck. Yeah, but you get a couple of, of really consistent. I mean, because what in the NBA you're always going to have guys that are you're going to have plenty of guys that can average ten or twelve a game, right? You know, and play some decent defense enough to where you can have some superstars carry it. Unless you're the Houston Rockets, which that's apparently a struggle. <laughs> but <laughs> like other teams, that seems like it's a doable thing. I mean, look at the Lakers this year, like. Outside of LeBron and Anthony Davis, who are you know both excellent, who else on their team do you trust to do? I mean, Rondo stepped up in the playoffs. So I'll give Rondo credit, yeah. but who on that team are you looking at? And it's just like, so man, like those two we got a game right plan. There. We got a yeah. game plan for Kyle Kuzma tonight. You know, right? And they literally have like, yeah. I mean, and it kind of backfired on the Rockets. Really, they they let Rondo find his game when the Rockets were like, we're not going to guard that guy. And he was like, cool, I'm still Rondo, and he <laughs> turned it up. But like. Uh, <laughs> You're right, though, and so. But I think about that with the NBA as a whole, and I think that turns off casual fans sometimes because you're just like, if we don't have these guys, yeah, it's not even competitive. Whereas, man. A, as, like in the NFL, it's Anything like obviously happen. you need a great, you need the a cap- Titans you beat need, the Ravens last year. You, yeah, you need a capable. You need like people say you need an elite quarterback, but you, I mean Jimmy Garoppolo was one throw away last year <laughs> from winning a Super Bowl. I like Jimmy Garoppolo. He's yeah. not an elite quarterback. You need a capable he was quarterback. Oversold because Bill Belichick is the master at overselling well, I mean, his players. I mean, Garoppolo's a capable quarterback. Yeah. He's, he's capable. He's he not. Bill O'Brien have convinced Ryan Mallett was <laughs> the next greatest thing. <laughs> we can't get Jimmy G. We'll get Ryan Mallett instead. All right. Cool. No, but it's. um. But in the NFL, like, if you have a great defense, like, the teams like that have one. If you have a great running game, teams like that have one. If you have a capable quarterback and surround them with great weapons, teams like that have one. If you have excellent coaching, teams like that have one. Um, just all those teams at different points have been the Patriots. Um, <laughs> but every 
But there's different ways to win in the NFL. You can win throwing the ball around 50 times like the Chiefs do. You can win with the college option offense that the Ravens run. You can win with the that zone running scheme that the 49ers do. You can win with what McVay and the Rams do and only paying your top guys. You can win on defense like the Seahawks did in uh, 13 with Pete Carroll and the Broncos did in uh, 15 with Peyton Manning. Um, you, so you can win a bunch of different ways in football and in baseball you can win with a great lineup like the 17 Astros and great starting pitching or you can just win on the backs of one pitcher like the Giants did with Madison Bumgarner yeah. where they just rode him till the cows come home you can win with a great bullpen like the Royals did there's these different ways to win in baseball and in football in basketball it's just have two superstars or like last year with Toronto, even in Toronto last year, they needed help from Golden State. So I don't even know if that's a great example. But you need at least one and in a ridiculous supporting cast, or you need two and both need to be playing at the absolute highest level. And do you think that's more of an NBA thing, like, or is it similar in the well, NCAA? So in so here's a difference in baseball. Mike Trout's the best player in baseball. Most people agree. Most. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like it. Like that's it, pretty much the consensus that Mike Trout's the best player in baseball. I hate that he's. With the Angels, yeah, he dies. because he's so because he's so good, but so many people don't realize it. And like you can he, see him. He plays the Astros, you know, in a regular season twenty times a year, and I dread it because you know he's <laughs> he always plays them. He always hits a bomb, dude. Well, he hits a bomb off everybody. That's yeah. the thing. Like he, it's not that he hits the Astros well. He hits the Astros the way he hits everybody else well. Like. <laughs> Like he, like Mike Trout. I'll let a, you finish that thought before yeah. I tell you why the Angels are the dumbest team in baseball. Yeah, but so Mike Trout is a great, great baseball player, but he bats four times a game, and he doesn't pitch, yeah. so he can't impact the game. Versus, and in a pitcher, they can't put runs on the board. And then in uh, in football, Tom Brady can't rush Patrick Mahomes on the other side. He can't line up at defensive end and say, I'm going to go sack Patrick Mahomes now. I'm going to go put pressure on him. Same way Mahomes, you know, Mahomes can't go and play free safety and pick off passes. In basketball, if I have LeBron or Anthony Davis or Kawhi or these other superstar players, Kevin Durant, if I'm LeBron, I can dominate the game offensively and I can dominate the game defensively. Yeah. If I'm Anthony Davis, I can kill the Heat on the offensive end and I can reject every one of their shots on the and defensive end. And if they lose end. one star... They're done. Yeah, not the Lakers particularly, but like, I mean, like any most team, teams. If you, yeah. I mean, if you have two stars, if one goes down, you're not a title contender anymore. Yeah, like if if Anthony Davis in the second round had a high ankle sprain and like miss, you know, or like if Anthony, like if something happened to Anthony Davis or LeBron where they were forced to miss the rest of the playoffs, Lakers would have been done. Yeah, but that's every team in the NBA with multiple stars. So like if Jokic had went down for Denver, like the Denver is done, and they they're yeah. a good team, they play well together, but you lose a star, you're done. Um. So I mean that's just the way the NBA works. You like in every other sport, even the greatest players, the Tom Brady's, the Mahomes, the Mike Trout's, the Madison Bumgarner's, the Verlanders, the Kershaws, you can only do so much. Whereas yeah. in basketball, you really can do pretty much everything. As in, you, you can you can individually dominate the game, not just dominate on the mound, not just have a great you know have a great run hitting the baseball, not just you know, play great at quarterback or as a pass rusher, just abuse your matchup, you can truly take over the game. And that's something you can't do in other sports. So that's why in basketball the stars just have more star power. Yeah. So I don't know what you I don't know where you're gonna go during my Mike Trout thing. Oh, I was just gonna say the Angels are the dumbest team in baseball because they, but that's their concept is they'll 
they're happy to sign that one megastar to put butts in the seats out there in Anaheim because the only other way to get people to Anaheim is Disneyland. But uh-huh. otherwise, but they never compete really. You know, they they won a World Series years ago with Mike Sosha. Oh, two, yeah, yeah, and he's gone now. But it's it's you know you have Mike Trout locked up, and then they signed uh, Rendon, Anthony Rendon, and that's cool. You got Pujols on the way out, but they but this is like their consistent thing. But everybody else, they're following the NBA's two star system. But see, in baseball, it doesn't, doesn't work. It though. doesn't work. Yeah, they have nobody pitching, and you know. Plus, like in baseball, you can't have a fatal flaw. Yeah. As a team, like you can't, you can't have a great starting rotation and a ridiculous lineup, but then your bullpen sucks. Right. Because then all teams are going to do is just play you close enough through Baseball's the first six innings. Balanced. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have guys in the bullpen. You can't you know you can't have that fatal flaw. Like in football, if you have a terrible offensive tackle, that guy's going to get beat like a drum in the playoffs, and you're not yeah. going to be able to win the Super Bowl. Um. But in in basketball, if I have LeBron and Anthony Davis, I'm going to have a chance, a a good chance to win the championship. So that I mean, that's just and I think if your team doesn't have two top twenty players, as an NBA fan, you feel, you know, you just kind of feel left out. So I think yeah. That, so I think that's why some a lot of people aren't super into the NBA right now because it's just and also we're in Corpus Christi, Texas, like. A lot of Spurs, Rockets, Mavericks fans out here. Or the, there's not Laker and Heat fans, so I think part of the apathy for the NBA is because of our location, which we're right on Corpus. So <laughs> that's uh, this is our perspective. Yeah, and, we and I'm not gonna, a... and we're not gonna feel like I grew up a Spurs fan. The Spurs suck now, so naturally <laughs> I'm a little less into the NBA than I was than I was, you know, in 2014 when the Spurs were kicking everybody's ass. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Speaking of people kicking people's asses, I just like to point out. As we go into high school football, um, the fighting Jason Caceres, the Cal Wildcats, they handled the Kerrville Tyvee Antlers. It's a stupid name, but they they beat them twenty eight nothing. Now I will point out that Tyvee hadn't scored a touchdown all season yeah, long. Yeah, so their second game. I'm gonna do a power ranking for Coastal Bend High School football. Watch out for that on RightOnCorpus.com. Uh, right shameless plug. The Flyer uh, Bluff game got canceled, and I don't know why. I I, I don't know if there was a COVID. It, it has to be COVID related. Um, um, I don't know yeah. what's, which side. I know Flower Buff is scheduled to play this weekend, so that leads me to believe that all is well. Wimberley pounded Alice. That's not shocking, really. That was no. Alice's first game. Yeah. Wimberley's a, a strong team. Um, Miller destroyed the Texans, the Ray Texans. They probably could have destroyed the Houston Texans last week, too. <laughs> but 62-0, so they broke out. The Miller offense broke out. And Ray's... Not a bad team. We're gonna They've s- made the playoffs, I think, last year or year before. Well, so for Miller... We've seen it with Miller this year when they're playing a team with inferior talent, with very inferior <laughs> talent, they crush them. They able to step up. But yeah. I mean, like they're—I mean, it's the Baltimore Ravens. You play a team with ve- greatly inferior talent, you crush them. When you play a team that's closer to your level, they—they they got sloppy. Yeah. Um. So if Miller wants to realize their potential this season, which I think their potential is Jerry World in December. The state championship game. They want to realize that they gotta, you know, tighten up the screws when they play Cal Allen and Port Lavaca in district play. And when is that Cal Allen game? October. Man, it's coming up. I think thirteen, something like that. I think it's the seventeen. I think it's the seventeenth. Couple because this weekend I think Cal Allen plays TM. I think I want to say it's the seventeenth. So that's two weeks. So here's a fun fact: Tulsa Midway hasn't beat Cal Allen in like forty years, dude. They have about like a. It's like a thirty-five to. 
40-year losing streak. Oh, gosh. Isn't that wild? And I think it was last year or the year before they got close. Like, it was a decently close game. Okay. But, so, take that into account. If you're a kid playing for that school, for Cal Allen particularly, uh-huh. and you're on the losing side of that game, if you ever lose that game, you're going to be, like, etched in history as the guys who screwed up. So, that yeah, if, that you, if you're Toloso Midway, like, if I played for TM, to me it's not a big deal because, like, I didn't lose to him 40 straight times, you know, right. or whatever the streak is. But if you happen to but, beat them. Yeah, it's like if we beat them, we are, you know, we're kings here. Yeah. But on the Cal Allen side, you can't break that streak. You don't want to be that guy. You can't be the guy that, and not that like one guy's going to break the streak, but like you (laughs) can't be the team that breaks that streak. Versus if you're a TM, we're not the team that lost 40 straight times, you know? So it's like, but again, there's a reason Cal Allen's always really, really good. I don't expect Cal to lose. I don't see this any weekend. hype games this weekend across the coastal bend. Really, nothing like compelling. Um, it's all kind of decent matchups. Now, Flower Bluff lost last weekend to San Antonio Southside. Flower so, Bluff, not Flower Bluff. I'm sorry, Rockport. Rockport. Yeah. yeah, they lost last week. So yeah, Rockport after beating they're, Miller they're has strange. not looked uh, has strange. not looked particularly well. So I mean, I was very high on Miller in the preseason. I'm less high on them now. But yeah, I'm gonna do my. Coastal Bend football power ranking. I think I'm just going to do five teams because uh, we only have the, uh, you know, just so it's the 4A and 5A districts. I'll do the top five there. Uh, see who I put in there. Um, Cal and Vets Memorial will be in there, obviously. But, yeah, Cal and beat Tyvee. And I was doing a power ranking. And I was like, man, let me go see what Tyvee's done this year. And I was like, oh, Tyvee's not very good this year. So I wanted to have, like, a lot of hope for Cal. And, like, oh, maybe this is a sign that – Danaher's team is coming around, and they're going to be ready to make a state run. But does Tybee we'll kids see. had a little a little chip on their shoulder too? Did they really? That yeah, there was one where um, this kid it was it was like right after a play, and I think the Callum player was on defense, and I think it was a lineman for Tybee who got pissed off because he didn't get off of him quick enough, I guess, and he ripped his helmet off, and then he punched him in the face. Now he didn't get a flag because he pulled his helmet off, but somehow they missed the punch in the face. You know, the kid got a personal foul, but I thought, man, little attitude. That's a little Johnny Johnny football little attitude, huh? Johnny football attitude. Coach, coach Johnny football. So uh, besides that with high school football, there's just nothing really this weekend that slams me in the face that says, woohoo! I can't wait to watch that. Now, it is next weekend that it, uh, Miller and Cal Allen get together, so that'll be a good game at Buck Stadium. Uh, yeah. Hopefully That's, they carry uh, that locally. On the and then the – yeah, I'm looking forward to that game. Looking forward to Port Lavaca versus Callen and versus uh, Miller as well. And, of course, we got later in the year Vets and Flower Bluff. So at this point now, those are the games we're all looking forward to. Yeah, and I was looking for that Miller and Vets game. Did that already happen? Yeah, that happened last week, and Vets beat them by three touchdowns. Okay. It was close for a half. I mean, Miller's just... They're sloppy. Like it's not. Uh, they. I just feel like the screw. The screws are loose at mill. Like it's just not a tight. It just is not clean right now. Like last year, Andrew Body only threw two interceptions. He had six through the first four games this year. Like that. Like that's where it's arrogance may have gotten there. I. I. I mean, you know, it's high school kids, so you don't. Yeah. You know, you just don't know what's going on. And may, and maybe for Miller, it's good. Maybe because Vets last year was a team in the regular season they beat in the playoffs they. Probably feel they should have beat them. Um, I watched that game. Now Vets won the game, but I watching the game. I thought Miller was a more talented team. Um, so I, Miller maybe comes into this year feeling themselves a little bit, and it's understandable. A bunch of 16, 17 year old kids. Yeah, like you know, it's not. I think so. They're not gonna be 
laser focused 100 percent of the time. And they're gonna get no, cocky no, no, nobody was at 16. Yeah. So I, I get it, but maybe it's good for them because now they, you know, you you can't think so far ahead. You gotta you get a little. Um, you just got you're just you're on high alert more often. So maybe this will be good for him. But I think that's uh I think that is about it. Yeah, probably about a wrap. We're kicking about an hour here. So I think to just go back a uh, real quick overview is the important thing is the Astros are one step away. I mean, right now it's going on one PM Texas time. That's what we call it here. In that's Texas. lunchtime. It is lunchtime, but it's going on one o'clock, so we're about uh, an hour and a half until the Astros. Two and a half hours. Three thirty. Three thirty or two thirty. It's, two, I believe, three thirty. It is three thirty. Yeah, two thirty Texas time. Oh, is it really? Is it two thirty? I'm gonna look this up right now, yeah. because I'm so, concerned. Because I, Astros versus A. Well, we're gonna have to move like the wind, no matter what. Yeah. Well, we're gonna go do our 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 post show lunch. Yeah. And uh, then our days carry on in separate directions. Yeah, literally the exact opposite directions. <laughs> And then, um, but anyway, by the time you guys hear this, hopefully, hopefully the Astros, the Astros are, are in the, the uh, yeah. So there we. Uh, and so the question that we posed earlier about whether Yankees or Rays. It, oh, it's two thirty, two thirty-five. Yep. So you were right. My evil side of me wants them to play the Yankees just oh, to beat them again. Same. And so the Yankees will just implode. Same. Hopefully Aaron Boone gets fired. But more than anything, because I want a game one matchup against Garrett Cole, and. For him to just get tagged, of course. Dude, could you imagine the media? I the think Garrett Ash- Cole would actually cry. I think he would sit. No, in the Cole, Cole, crying. Cole's a mentally tough guy. I don't know if he's mentally tough. I, I, I feel like, I feel like you could slap him. Around I, a I, bit, do, yeah. I'm not mad at Garrett Cole. He had 324 oh, million <laughs> no, reasons. I'm not mad to at go, the guy at all. Or was it 310? I think the thing that he had me, 300 and something million reasons. The only reason I, I lost respect for Garrett Cole was that post game interview. Oh, with the Scott Boris at? Yeah, and he just yeah. he immediately was like, "Am I still a, a player of the team?" Whatever it was, you know. And I just thought, dude, that would that right there, I just thought was low. You know, and it was like, just get out of the clubhouse, then, man. Mm-hmm. Just get. I'm not salty with Garrett Cole, but I I want to beat the Yankees. Because he looks weird without like without with a the beard, facial hair. Yeah. yeah, he looks less intimidating. He looks like somebody that would walk around in Vegas late at night, kind of lost. You but know, I'm telling you, lineup. but I'm with you. The evil part of me wants wants the Yankees because man, if the cause I feel like the because, Astros match up better, yeah, I think we could beat the Yankees. Here's the thing: if we lose, we don't have Verlander, we don't have Jordan, we uh, McCullers is weird. Yankees, yeah. yeah, we have so many excuses. If we win, I'm going to be unbearable. <laughs> <laughs> I think Astros Twitter will be unbearable. I'm like I individually, I, I might just go to New York City and do a victory lap. What's his face? That uh, John Boy, John Boy. Will take I'll a go to his on. house and do the DX little signal thing that WWE they used to do to him. Tell him to tell him tell to, him to do something. Tell, yeah. tell him to do something. Tell him to kick rocks. Um, so yeah, that's it. I'm very excited today. If you can't tell. Do we it's have been a good else? show. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think we do. Follow, follow us on Instagram at right on underscore sports. Follow us on Facebook, the right on sports page. I want to yeah. do more live stuff like we did yesterday. Yeah, I think so. I think that's fun. And so, yeah, you guys definitely We're going to figure out follows. how to simulcast. Because that'll be, uh, you know, I think with anything like that requires a good celebration or talk, that's a good time to do yeah. a live. And so if the Astros win today, we might throw one out later today. Or oh, tomorrow. I'm all about it. Um if the uh, if the the Texans happen to hire a new GM within the next uh, week, which I think is unlikely, but you never know. Yeah, I think the GM's gonna take you know a while, but 
Hopefully the Astros clinch today and you listen to this and the Astros are headed to Petco Park in San Diego for the ALCS. Um, and yeah, that wraps it up. We're going to go get lunch now. I hope you guys have a great rest of the week. Great sport, great time to be a sports fan. NBA Finals, if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> um, which, if you're into that, if you're if you're into basketball, if you're into LeBron James. Just if, I mean, winning, he, but he needs another ring. But I mean, you got just the NBA. You, you got the NBA Finals. Football yeah. season in full swing. We're getting some great college football matchups. High school football in the Coastal Bend is rocking and rolling. Uh, and the baseball playoffs. Great time to be a sports fan. And Premier League soccer. My team. Arsenal, the Gunners, sitting uh, sitting pretty right now so far in the in the Premier League out in England. All right, y'all have a great week. We'll see y'all later. Bye. Sayonara.